This is the Authentic Entrepreneurs Podcast with your host, Nick Foley and Stu Saunders. Here we go. This is what I got to say. You know, Nick, I can almost see it, man. <laughs> that dream I'm dreaming, man. I'm going to guess who this is. Can you guess who this is? Miley Cyrus. Miley Cyrus, also known as sometimes back in the day, Taylor Swift. Uh, <laughs> Hannah Montana, man. Hannah Montana. I almost called this her. Is because your kids are so young and my kids are all grown up that I grew up with Hannah Montana yeah. in my life. My kids are into um, Shimmer and Shine. Shimmer and Shine? Yeah. You, oh, your kids are really young, Mikey, but like, this yeah, kid Shimmer is can't even speak words. Anyway. Now, I'm playing Hannah Montana slash Miley Cyrus slash, slash Taylor Swift, as you called her. I haven't seen Hannah Montana, but I've seen um, uh, Miley Cyrus. Yeah. And she's climbing the mountain. But the reason why I'm playing it is it's a motivational song. Yeah. And I'll turn it off now. But we were at an event. Uh, I, up at our camp, we had this, uh, this school there, O'Neill CBI, O'Neill Collegiate Vocational Institute. I believe they're from Oshawa. Oshawa. And they had about 150 or so kids in the thing. And this, they had a dance. And they played this song in 2019 to a bunch of 15 to 17-year-olds. And every kid knew the word. And it was like a rock concert to Miley Cyrus from whatever year this is, 2012 or 2010 or something like that. But anyway. That's their anthem, man. There's like a lot. So what are some old anthems that like when it's totally out of year? It's totally out of style. But when it's played at a dance or it's played at a college, like, a fr- like you're, you're with your buddies or your, your, one of your Christmas parties or something, and someone plays it, and everyone knows the words. Do you have one? Because I know there's, like, well, yeah, there's a lot like, of them. Like, there's, like, if, for my generation, if you hear, like, uh, Home for a Rest. Home for a Rest, Spirit of the West. Everyone yeah, knows that sure. song. Everyone knows, uh, there's always a couple of tragically hip, tragically hip songs. Yeah, tragically know. hip, for sure. Yeah. You know, things like that. But, uh, but there's a reason why I play, what was yours? What, what's, your, what's your favorite song? I was going like to say, I well, you feel included in the conversation. No, I was going to say Tragically Hip. Um, like, any, any song from Tragically Hip, full, uh, Bob Cajun, everybody knew that song in my hometown. Like New Orleans is sinking. New Orleans is sinking. We all know yeah, that one, yeah. right? And then in the Maritimes, it's like all, anything like Barrett's Privateer, stuff like that. No one, no one, no one likes that song. Oh my goodness! You just ostracized like half the population of the Marit- Maritimes. I'm kidding. I know every word to Barrett's Privateers for the it's record. Like one of the greatest songs ever written. Hopefully, uh, maybe sometime when we do an intro, we'll have Barrett's Privateers for all our Nova Scotian friends and uh, Maritime friends. Yeah, it's not just. It's not just. 1770. I wish I was in Sherbrooke now. now. That's all I know. Turn it off. That's all I know. I came from the king of the scummiest vessel ever seen. Goddamn them all. I was told we'd cruise the seas for American gold. We'd fire no guns, shed no tears. I'm a broken man on a Halifax pier. Last to bear its privateers. Okay, we gotta stop it. So this is not only about entrepreneurship, it's about Nick and I's singing ability. I think you'd be really great. You know, what Nick, you, know, you know what, Nick? You know what Mikey hates? Us? We play music off my phone and he has to try and uh, do the levels on that. Yeah, that's a good point. He's a um, good producer. Producer extraordinaire. All right, let's get mm. into it. You know, I hate when I try and drink out of my mug and it's not open. All right, so welcome to the Authentic Entrepreneurs. My name is Stu Saunders. My name is Nick Foley and we are back. We are back. We were away for a while and we were doing some things up in Van- out in Vancouver, I guess, out there west in Vancouver. Um, and we're back uh, to talk about some important stuff. And I, pl- I chose the song, um, the, the the climb, because I think it's like it's like a, a cheesy yet very 
legit song for entrepreneurship. How so? Well, the words, right? Like it's like mm-hmm. you know, you, you know, you got to fight for your dream. You got to keep climbing. You got to work for it, right? I mean, it's a cheesy song. I'm not saying I'm a big fan, but I, I I know that there has been times where I have you know been alone in a car thinking about some sort of project, you know, and or it's a tough time. And I, I know with my kids when they were younger, and my my daughter Christina uh, and Emily, they both loved you know Hannah Montana more more Emily I think than Christina, um, but they loved the song Cli- the climb, and it was you know it was really actually was more Emily than Christina. Um, but um, yeah, and I remember playing. I'm like, gosh, that's a, a motivating song. Like, you got to get to stick to your dreams, right? And so I thought I would today we'd talk about something different. Um, and it, it was based on something that I wrote on the Facebooks as my grandma, <laughs> as my as my grandma. I mean, my mom. And you? My mom calls it the Facebooks. Um, so uh, today's episode. It actually originally was started at the Facebook. It was right. Was it? Yeah, if you watched the documentary on, on Facebook. And, the and documentary, which you actually think is a documentary, but it's actually a movie? Yeah, it was a movie. It's a movie. It was a doc- you, that's the problem, right? You realize those are not documentaries, those are movies. Well, it was called the Facebook, and then one of the, it was a guy that invented Napster. What was that guy's name? Sean? Sean Mendez. <laughs> anyway. Um, he said drop the the. So, uh, you mean, that, that was uh, Justin Timberlake who played that Timberlake, in the movie, yeah. or as you would call it, the documentary. The documentary. Um, all right, so Mikey, if you don't mind, uh, hitting the old, sl- the old switch there, the old button. This is this is the wall, uh, the episode this week, the, the wall, or, or I guess probably the climb. And uh, when you hit the walls or those valleys or those peaks or those crevices you can't get over, I thought it's something that you and I could talk about. Because um, entrepreneurship is real, it's tough, and I want to read something to you. Sure. You okay with that? I am. Let's hear it. So on Facebook, if you follow me on Facebook, Stu Saunders, I, um, I often post these things. Like, Facebook always asks you what's on your mind. Right, the little, just the yeah. message that it says. So I always like to type that, what's on your mind. I like to kind of get up there and, and say, what's on my mind. And so I've been very stressed lately, and I've been open about that, just with all the things going on and changes in my business and in the business, the industry that I'm in. Uh, we are both in, actually, um, education. There's some, there's some potential stresses that are on the horizon. Yeah. And uh, there are a lot, more, a lot more competition now than there was when I started 30 years ago. And a lot more, you know, people who can think they can do it better or faster, quicker. And so it's a constant struggle. Um, anyway, I thought I'd read this to you. You cool with that? It's yeah. a little bit of an yeah, essay. It's an essay, an essay by Stu Saunders. Okay. <clears throat> I always like Stephen Brunt. He always does great essays. He does. That, that's yeah. Yeah, good analogy. Like so here Stephen we go. Brunt. Stephen Brunt on the fan. 590. Okay, here we go. <clears throat> Every day I get up. We all do. But unlike most, I try to get up before 5. Lately, I've been struggling. Maybe it's because I'm not getting a good night's sleep. Perhaps it's that I'm staying up too late thinking, or it could be I'm avoiding the work that needs to get done because I feel overwhelmed. The old adage is, ignorance is bliss. And that's true, until it's not. For 30 years, I've built a business that survived a lot of challenges. You see, I primarily work education. I focus most of my energy on youth development and teacher educator training. I've seen the strikes, the job actions, SARS, H1N1, economic failures. I've seen all the challenges and the changes and we've survived. I still remember faxing. This is true, Nick. Faxing, it's like Facebooking, (laughs) but it's really, really time consuming and very costly for long distance phone calls. We would fax up to 2000 schools every week to remote summer camp, my speaking or other projects that we were trying to build and create. I remember getting my very first email, q7473a at compuserve.com. I'm not sure it's the exact one, but I'm pretty sure that's it. I remember building my first website and then building a multi-million dollar web tech startup in 1999. Then it going bankrupt when the markets fell 10 months later. 
I remember getting my first Facebook account. I remember deleting it twice. I can see my first Instagram picture I posted when I closed my eyes. I remember when I almost went bankrupt after selling everything I owned to try and buy my first camp property. Talk about burning the boats. Mm -hmm. I clearly recall sitting in my bed at the Pepper Mill Inn in Reno. I was on a speaking tour there in Reno, Nevada at 6 a.m. on September 11th, 2001 and watching the second plane hit the Twin Towers live. Then driving the 4,500 kilometers home only to find out my wife was leaving me. Yeah, it was the same week. In 2008, I remember sitting with my dearest friend, Laura Hamilton, in my doctor's office. She had just finished her first round of chemo and still being there to hold my hand when my doctor said, Stu, you'd be diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. I've never forgotten that January day when Kim, my brother's sister-in-law, called me and said to come home to London because your brother had been in a car accident. Three days later, he would pass. Nine months later, my dad would die from cancer after a very brief four-week struggle. And 18 months later, Laura would succumb to cancer herself after a very valiant fight. I remember these days and moments clearly. Some of them were exciting, some were sad, some were devastating, and all of them, though, learning opportunities, a chance to grow, to get better or stronger. Today, I struggle to get up at 5 a.m. I find it hard to stay positive some days, but I must. We must. We can't blame our past struggles on our current life's situation. Everybody struggles, and everyone deals with tragedy, tragedy or failure. We must not let it define us. Please understand that we can change our direction each and every day if we choose. You won't be putting, you won't though, by putting your head in the sand or simply asking the universe to make it better. Although I will admit, I ask every day for the universe to conspire in my favor. Because when things seem dark or hopeless, you often are given proof that it can all be turned around. I just need to look at the beautiful, strong, and smart woman I share my days with. When my ex-wife left, I thought that part of my life was over. I didn't realize it would lead to finding my Jenny, a reference, of course, to the movie Forrest Gump, to opening my own full-time summer camp, to meeting Robin Sharma, to eventually creating events like the Epic uh, Community and the Global Student Leadership Summit. None of these things would have existed had I stayed in that marriage, so I'm very grateful. Not really sure exactly why I'm writing this, but perhaps it's therapeutic. Perhaps it's because I need the reminder that I need to get up at 5 a.m., even when I feel old and tired, when the next new hot speaker or entrepreneur tries to take part of what I and everyone else at YLC has built over the past 30 years. Perhaps I need to remember that I chose this path. I chose to be myself. I chose with myself, my ideas, my dreams out into the world for everyone to either embrace, judge, or dismiss. I'm not done yet. I just felt that fire heat up in my belly. And I don't think it's the hot sauce I had last night. <laughs> I may need to change some things and be willing to embrace those changes, even if they are hard. I will. I still have some stupendous things I want to do. You see, being an entrepreneur, and this is where it all comes back to entrepreneurship, being an entrepreneur, a real entrepreneur, isn't simply about saying you are in your Instagram bio, your 100,000 YouTube followers, or perhaps your slick video you've created. It shouldn't be about making quick money, even if you know it wasn't supposed to be about that. It's about getting knocked down 10 times and getting up 11. It's about adding something of value to the world. world. It's about being real, authentic, and I believe, kind. Thanks. Jeez, dude, I'm that's, grateful. Yeah, yeah, and I, I don't really great read, job. Read. Now, first of all, like I know you're gonna, you're not, you're gonna say what you gotta say, but before I do that, just listening to that, I mean, I, I think it takes, a, it takes a lot of courage to 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 talk from the heart like that, and so I think, you know, it's funny. I, I think in this situation, I, I'm gonna ask you a few questions based on what I heard. Yeah, all right. And, and, and part of why I'm reading this just so is because I I, I want to be honest and transparent that that. It's okay as an entrepreneur to 
to feel doubtful about things. Absolutely. And that's why, let's, so I think this would be a good, and I mean, <clears throat> that's a very candid, um, you know, and I, I dare to say authentic, um, you know, a post about what you're feeling in your heart and your soul. And, and I mean, and it's showing people that you're, you know, you're human, you do all these amazing things, but you know, you're feeling all those emotions. So some of the things that I took from here, and I'm going to ask you about this. And I think this would be great for our listeners, especially our young listeners. We had a, a young man uh, that was speaking at a conference that you put on just recently at OSLC. And, and when I introduced myself to him, he said to me, he's like, hey, man, yeah. He's like, I, I, I listen to the authentic entrepreneurs. And I think he's a, you know. Which made you feel good. Yeah. I mean, we had, we had yeah, at least one. Well, we have two with Mikey. Yeah, we have Mikey too as well. So there's two. And so I think this, that, that, that post helps a guy like myself, but it also helps, you know, young entrepreneurs doing it. So here's some questions that I have for you. First one. Is being overwhelmed as an entrepreneur part of it? Is it part of the process? Yes, I 100% think that every entrepreneur who's actually doing something, creating something, building something, uh, will have moments of, of over being feeling overwhelmed. My wife, who's a teacher, during coaching season feels overwhelmed. We all feel overwhelmed sometimes, but entrepreneurship definitely is a very legitimate career to have that is an overwhelming career many many times during the journey right and can so i'll give you like uh can you give us an example i mean you you talk about you know epic feeling overwhelmed in that and how what do you do in order to overcome that that kind of you know overwhelmed feeling as an entrepreneur i'm not sure i actually have a, a clear-cut answer to that because like you know i i can remember thinking back if i just came to my head right now while you were asking that question i remember december of 1999 um after the stock market crashed and we had a close of before.com I remember getting a phone call from our CFO, Chief Financial Officer, Tom. Uh, he called me at, at uh, our office that was in London, Ontario. He was in Vancouver. And he said, Stu, it's over. You have to call all the employees and fire them or let them go um, and uh, tell them to leave everything uh, on their desks and just leave. And um, you know, we'll come by and change the locks. And that was about three and a half weeks before Christmas. Oh. And it was the end of a pay period. And I knew they weren't going to get paid. I knew there was no money left. I knew that we weren't getting any more money. There was no hope. There was no revenue. There was no cash flow. There was nothing. Because back then, you could start a company without any cash flow. You could, you could start on hope. Yeah. Right? Investors would just buy into hope and potential. And I remember just sitting there, getting off the phone, and the, 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 just the overwhelming feeling that it was um, of like the, the weight. I'm like, I have to lay off. I think it was 20 people um, and say, I'm so sorry, like you're done. Yeah, yeah. And I still get, I get anxious thinking about that moment. And I remember saying, like, remember Tom said, like, let them make sure they take nothing with them. And I told them, take the computer on your desk. Yeah, that yeah. brand new Dell computer we got three months ago, take it with you because get something, you're yeah. not going to get paid yeah. and you're not going to take blood from a stone. So just take that computer because it's legitimate. You can use it, you can sell it. And it's probably worth more than your paycheck anyway. So just take it. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and so, you know, that, that, was, that was hard. And I think why, why I'm telling that story is because how I dealt with it was I had no choice. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, in 1999, there wasn't a mental health conversation. No. There wasn't a, there wasn't a conversation about being, being full of anxiety. There wasn't a conversation about feeling depressed. There wasn't a conversation about feeling like you were having a panic attack. Those conversations were not allowed. They did not happen. They did not exist. Mm -hmm. If you did feel anxious, you were weak. If you did feel panicked, you were you were wimpy. If you did feel depressed, there was no room for you. Yeah. And so as an entrepreneur in 1999, which many entrepreneurs don't understand now, 
in 2019. This is 20. Now this is 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. You you didn't have that option. You just had to literally suck it up and push forward. Right? There wasn't any. There wasn't anybody as an entrepreneur. There's no one. To, there's no one to blame. You can't go to your boss and say I can't do this. You have to do it. Yeah. You just got to freaking well do it. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know if there's a, if I have a solution for it because. I think, for me, the solution has to come back down to either you are you believe so much in being an entrepreneur and your entrepreneurial journey that you just got to do it. Right. The people I know who are dear friends that wanted to be entrepreneurs, and instead of trying to figure out how to be an entrepreneur, they just kind of just collapsed. Mm-hmm. You know, and they, and they and they just they couldn't do it. Which I'm not saying is bad. No. But when you're an entrepreneur, like, who, if it all goes to shit, Nick, who, who do you, who, who do you blame? It's on me. It's on me. When you go home and say to your wife, "You lost it all. We don't have any. I had no paycheck this week. Yeah. No one. There's a strike coming. Education. No one's booking me to speak for three weeks, yeah. four weeks, six weeks, ten weeks, twelve weeks. Um, no one's buying socks. There's no fundraisers happening. Yeah. There's, you know, there's no. There's no money to buy good sport programs. Yeah. When your wife says, "Well, what 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 what's the plan?" Like, yeah, what, exactly. What are you gonna say to your boss? Yeah, that's right. Well, you look in the mirror, and you know. And I think that we've talked about this before. It's one of those things where you hope. I think you and I actually. It's funny when this this when this comes out which next week or what have you. We had a conversation the day that we filmed this, and it was in the morning. We're like, we hope we're wrong. But I'd rather be prepared to be wrong for what's about to happen in our in, a, in the education climate. I'd rather be prepared and wrong than right and unprepared, right? Yeah. And as an entrepreneur, I think it's up to us to you know. You, and how do you overcome that overwhelming? It's you take action. You're the one that needs to come up with the answers. I mean, you confide in people that you that you you know think of buddies and peers and things like that. But in the, the day, the buck stops with you. I remember listening to Tony Robbins 29 years ago. When I first started speaking, started my business, and Andy and I were just speaking, and I remember I had got the personal powered cassette tape program. Cassette tape. Cassette tape program. Google and it. I, yeah, look it up. Personal power cassette tapes, and I had a little coil bound book with exercises. And I remember one of the cassette tapes. He talked about failure and how people deal with failure. And I, I'll never forget this. He talked about there are two, at least two types of people in the world. I'm sure there's many in between this, um, and I'm sure 2019 there's a thousand more categories for this, but. He said, "There's those who, when failure happens, they they do something about it and they realize it and they're aware of it, right? Or there's those who just look at the garden full of weeds and yell at the garden and say, no weeds, no weeds, no weeds, no weeds.' Right. Hoping to God they go away, right? As opposed to like, I got to get on my hands and knees, I got to dig out the weeds, I got to I got to turn the soil, I've got to replant everything, got to figure it all out again. Mm-hmm. Yelling no weeds will do nothing, sure. right? And so saying it's just going to be okay, it's just going to be okay, it's going to be fine, like." You know, it's all gonna be great, like positive silver cloud lining. Yeah, like there's. I remember someone, a friend of mine, posted like, you know, uh, he's not an entrepreneur by any means, shape or form. He's an educator and he's a wonderful person. But he posted like, um, as long as you're, as long as you are, um, as long as you're positive, everything will be okay or something like that. And I was like, well, that's bullshit, right? Like, how do you pay for things with positivity? Right. How do you cover your staff's wage with positivity? Like. How do you pay your hydro with positivity? Like you need to have an income, you need to have a plan, you need to have a job because someone there's not someone's not going to bail you out. Mm-hmm. But for someone in his education career, he was 35 years into his career or 30 years into his career, you know, or I think he just retired actually at this point. And I, I love this person with all my heart, but 
you know, and he was like, he has a the best pension in the world. Sure. He has a hundred thousand year dollar year job. Mm-hmm. He has he owns his house. Like you know, what I mean? like he's it's like yeah. you're it's right for him. Just be positive. Yeah, exactly. That's how I change things for me. But for me and you yeah. and a lot of people in the world, you, you can't you can't do that. No. Especially when you have people relying on you. Yeah, exactly. Right? You have to make hard decisions and you have to do stuff that makes you want to like shiver and cry. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, to transparent. I mean, to be transparent with you, I was like. I was having a very big anxiety attack recently yeah. of thinking about all the things that are like swarming around me right now. And, and you too. Yeah. I mean, for yeah. both of us in the education industry, it's not a good time. Yeah, it's a volatile right now. So I don't know, Nick. <clears throat> your first question is, I don't know how I deal with overwhelm. Yet. I just know that for me as an entrepreneur, and if you have especially working people, people working for you and or depending on you, your family, for example, people who work for you, your employees, your team, that you don't have the opportunity not to pay the bills. You don't have the opportunity not to be real about it. So I think I think so you just have to do it. Exactly. And then you just you just you just you just summed it up. I think you do. Your answer is is you continue to move. You continue to take action. And that's and you have to do. Sometimes you have to do things you don't want to do. You know you have to like Gary Vee says. You know like you want to make more money or you want to have more money. Sell your stuff. You know what I mean? Like sometimes you yeah, have to I, cut. I, I, that was a to... great episode. Eh? Oh, where absolutely. We heard that. I know where he says like, if you're broke, yeah, and you got two TVs, sell one of your sell fucking one. TVs. If you got all kinds of gear that's paraphernalia, things like that, or whatever apparel, that whatever, sell it. You got nine pairs of shoes. You need two. Sell seven of them. Yeah, exactly. You collect right. stamps. Forget your stamp collection. Sell it. Yeah. If you're actually broke and you have nothing to do, like there's ways around it, right? Like you either like say, it's all gonna be good. Yeah. Candy pops and lollipops. Yeah. What the hell is a candy pop? I don't know what a candy pop is. Not sure. Candy drops and lollipops. Sure. But or, bills or, aren't ba- paid based on, like like you said, that positive. Hugs you got to take fives. action. You can't, you can't pay bills. You can't pay your staff. You can't look after your family yeah. with hugs and high fives. Yeah, exactly. So it's interesting because I feel like your answer to that question is actually pretty candid when it says it's like you continue to take action. You sell stuff. You talk to your investors if you have any. You Like I thought about taking a part-time streams. job. Sure, absolutely. I'm 49 years old. There's lots of entrepreneurs that do that. There's no, there's no shame in that. 30 years into the business. Yep. I do not have the audacity or the, or the, or the, or the, you know, I would, I would take a part-time job to pay the staff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would do that, which is probably not a good idea. I was going to say, well, you know, it's funny. I think that's where we, you know, you, you are, that, that's the thing, Stu, like for yourself, you know, you're, you're, you're such a, you know, you're such a kind guy. You have a big this, heart, things like that. I'm going to stop you because this is not about me. I don't want this to be about like, cause, but you know, no, but here's I, the I, difference. I put this thing on Facebook and people are like, People are saying things like, you know, like, you're, oh, you're, you're going to be okay. I'm yeah, like, yeah. But I, that's not that's why I posted it. No, I'm not saying that, but I'm saying the difference between you and I is like, you take a part-time job to pay your staff, I would cut. Like, I, I have a friendly disposition. I, and I think, I think that's why the hard, I think hard decisions exactly. you have to make. Exactly. And I mean, it's, I'm in a position right now that it's easy for me to say that right now. I don't, I'm not in that position. That's my point. And I'm not saying you are. No, like, you know, I don't want any of our staff to be like, uh, do we have jobs tomorrow? Like, that's not our point. Okay, Mikey. You We're, you're good. Everybody's good, right? For now. No, I'm just kidding. But like, even us, like... That's the thing is like, you know, you got to make those decisions, whether you take a part time job to pay your staff because you know that you're going to come out of it or do you cut things so that you have to cut people and be like, it's either you eat or I eat and it's my company. I have to eat. Like, I mean, there's all kinds of different trains of thought with that. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, you know, you decide people are listening are going to decide they're gonna be like, wow, Stu's way to do it. And Nick's a jerk or Dick's way to do it. And Stu's, you know, delusional. Moron. Exactly. Right. But I mean, yeah. that's what we do as entrepreneurs is you make those decisions. That's my point. And that's our if, point. I think if you work for somebody else. Just those people, because not, not everyone listening to this is a is a hundred percent entrepreneur. They may work for somebody else. They might be they might be um, 
an entrepreneur who is contracted by somebody to do a service that they provide, uh, I think you had better in 2019. I think, I mean, I mean there, there is going to be a market crash. Yeah. The market okay. is going to, and I think it's already happening with China trade, trade wars in the US. Like the market dropped 750 points two days ago. Yeah. And you can be like, it doesn't affect me. It, everything affects you. And I think if you don't, if you work for somebody, you have a client, if you don't over deliver, over deliver, over deliver in your service, and that's whether you're an employee and you are delivering mail, is that still mail? Is there still mailroom people? I don't know. But like, you have to make sure you're valuable to your company. And you got a value, for sure. 100%. And valuable to your clients. Because yeah. you know what, Nick? If you are selling uh, a window cleaning service as an entrepreneur, right? Yeah. And you say to Mikey's, uh, Mikey has a comic book shop. And Mikey hires you to clean his windows at his comic book shop every Saturday afternoon, and you go in and you clean you clean his uh, his windows every Saturday afternoon. You are like you are like clockwork, right? Every Saturday afternoon, you're at Mikey's Mikey's comic book shop, and the windows are clean every Saturday afternoon, right? And then I come along and I say, Mikey, I will clean your comic book shop windows every Saturday afternoon too. And if it rains during the week, I'll come by and give him the white too, no extra charge. East troughs as well. I'll do East Trust, but this guy, he lives in a building, he has East Trust. I get it. But like, no, I get you it. see yeah, what I'm saying? Sure. Absolutely, 100%. There's always things out there. Yeah, so, exactly. so who are you going to keep? Yeah. You, clockwork, do your thing, just what you're asked for, done. Yeah. Me, who's my going to keep? I'll do what I, told, what I said. Plus, if there's a bad storm, I'll come by and I'll make sure the windows are clean for you on a Thursday afternoon. Yeah, I'm going to you. 100%. Mm -hmm. You're going to right? No question. And so that is how you also deal with things that aren't going well is you got to figure out how to, to change things both in what you provide and what you take from people, the service provided and the, and, the, and, and, the, and the income received from it and what you're giving and what you're taking. It both, you have to take less sometimes and give more. Sure. Right? So for me, I've got to look at the business I'm in and say for 30 years I've done this. And I started 30 years ago by making phone calls and sending faxes and doing tri-fold parties. If anybody out there is old enough to, to know me, tri we used to have tri-folding parties. Tri-folding parties were at the office. We'd have all come to the office. We had our office above uh, downtown London on Richmond Street. And we would have a thousand pieces of paper and we would actually tri-fold these little pamphlets. We'd make the pamphlets on our photocopier. We'd tri-fold them, right? So one, two, right, a little flyer. And then we would stuff the envelopes. We would hand write for a long time, 800 envelopes, hand write them. Whoever had the best handwriting, stamp them with stamps, take them to the post office and mail them. The process was arduous, it was lengthy, it was time, it was, it was costly. And then I look at this, like I had to, I had it send on my MailChimp <laughs> to 50,000 people. On my, yeah, exactly. I had to pick the font. Yeah, exactly. Like, shut up. Yeah, it's different. Right, so yeah. I've seen that change that and I've survived those changes. Sure. Why I just went on a little rant, I don't know. Well, no, and I think it, it makes sense, but I think now, you know, it's at those things, and, and getting back to what we were just talking about as far as like making those decisions, I mean, you have so many different companies under your uh, corporation. Too many. I have too many. Well, you have so many, but here's my, so here's, here's, a, here's a tough question for you, and I'm not gonna put you on the spot because. You actually are, because you're gonna ask the question. Well, here, yeah, but here's the thing, like at some point, your You just business, said you were putting me on the spot, and then you asked me the question, so you are putting yeah, me on the spot. Yeah, but I think our listeners, I, we're authentic. I'm just kidding with you. I'm, trying, you're, to be, you're, a bit, I'm trying to put a little levity to the, to the conversation. Um, your business now, the way that it looks, mm -hmm. is yes or no, and you can give an explanation if you want, I'll leave it up to you, but is it going to look the same a year from now? I don't think it can. Why? Because I think the education market is changing rapidly. And I think that the people who survive in the next 
12 to 24 months, we're the ones that understand that. Yeah, there you go. I think that's 100% right because if, it, if it's the same, I mean, I don't know what you're in the ins and outs. I mean, let, for, the, for the record, let people know. I don't know the ins and outs of Stu's business as far as economics, things like that. He doesn't know the ins and outs. We know what we do, we do things of that nature. So when you say, you know, I don't think it can, I'm not going to come back and be like, yeah, you're 100% right. I don't know, but you know, and you know your business, I know mine. So do you know how many entrepreneurs there were when I started my business that I knew, that I, that I knew, that I, I could talk to? Do you know how many there were? Two. Yeah, there you go. Two. One of them was this guy, Darcy, who opened up a recording studio in the mall. And the I'm not other, laughing, but it's just... That's, that's it. Yeah. And the other one was... Uh, it was Darcy. Old Darcy. Good old Darcy. And then there was... I think that was it, actually. There was one. There you go. I was going to say my, my business partner, Andy, but he was not an, he was not an entrepreneur. He was a speaker, yeah. and I was the entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. I had the ideas. He, he, was, he was the guy who was like, okay, I'll organize some things. Yeah, but he wasn't the entrepreneur. Yeah. So there was one. Do you know how many entrepreneurs there are now that I know? That I, quote, unquote, entrepreneurs that I know now? 500. Yeah. 50,000. Yeah. Everyone has an Instagram. Yeah. Right? So it, it's different. Yeah, for sure. It's a different climate. Which is what my point is, in the next one to two years, the entrepreneurship climate is going to change dramatically. That those who are real entrepreneurs or see the changes coming forward or adaptable and or resilient will survive. The ones that can pivot. Ones that can pivot and withstand change and who are still try their best to be authentic and honest with their clients. And their employees. And, and their teams, yeah, yeah, 100%. You know what, it's it, like, well, just for the sake of time, I have a ton of questions, but I think what we'll do is we'll continue to uh, answer these questions or ask these questions in well, episodes to, to come because I feel like we have here, here's here's my I'll, I'll ask you one question sure just to wrap it up yeah. on, on my end what what is when you are feeling overwhelmed so what my, do you do well i mean besides headspace yeah which is a great app no, nothing wrong with headspace because that, that's always the answer here when you feel overwhelmed oh, why well, journal and i use headspace yeah, no exactly i go for a walk which yeah. is all good about i think that's about like lowering your 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 you know your uh, what's it called your uh, your cortisol, cortisol, cortisol levels in your oh, system yeah. that's what that does but here's anyway. what here's what i do i mean I, I seek solace in friends that are entrepreneurs, and I'll get oh, here's here's an example. Um, you know, you and I, it's, it's you know, it's no secret people know us. We talk almost every day, pretty much every day. And so when I'm feeling overwhelmed about that, I, I call guys like yourself. I have a good buddy that was um, he was an entrepreneur, Brett Gibson. He was you know, uh, by, in the Globe and Mail standards, was po- uh, rated one of the top entrepreneurs in 2019 in Canada. So I like to bounce ideas off of people. So when I feel overwhelmed, I go to people who I know are in the game. Mm-hmm. That's my answer. Mm-hmm. So people that I know they're in the game, and they don't even have to be in the same. Here. Exactly, they don't even have to be in the same market as me. They don't have to be, but they're in the entrepreneurial realm. What you, know? you want, I think, when you feel when you feel overwhelmed, is an objective peer. Exactly, just someone that's going to listen, right? And then be like, here, um, objective, which means yeah. not in the soup with you. Absolutely. Maybe like has soup too. Yeah. But they're not in your soup. No, exactly. And I like that. And I think, that, and it's good. And I think that you know, you and I, like, even when we, we talk different ideals and things of that nature like i can give you advice and not worry about you saying well no that's not gonna that's fine that's just what i think and you do the same to me like mm-hmm. we've done that a few times with like you know price worthiness and price integrity and things of that nature going back and forth and and I, i'm just like i agree or i don't agree it doesn't have to it doesn't matter we're, we're peers we're friends yeah. and i think that so for me when i'm feeling overwhelmed i go to the roller decks of about and then there's probably maybe three or four people that are all in different realms yourself included uh different from myself that i'd be like here's what i'm thinking here's what i'm toying with what are your thoughts? You know, and then, or, or it's just me taking it and saying it and then you listening or somebody listening. Yeah. So. And I, I think it's, you need to have people, I think we talked about too earlier, we're talking about having these different different cups that get filled, right? That's right, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think that, um, I think you really need to have cups that can, can fill the right way. Like my wife is a teacher. 
I watch teacher friends, and when I tell my wife, but I feel overwhelmed and all this is going on, she's like, "Well, I don't understand why you like tell me tell me more about yeah. and I can't put it into words for her." Yeah. Same reason why when she comes and, I, and she probably wouldn't want my job yeah. or my my career choice, and then when she comes home and tells me the roadblocks and the challenges she has with her students in yeah. her school, I'm like, I would not want that job. I don't understand why you just can't, you know, like just kick him out of your class. Yeah. Just kick him out of your class. Just yeah. stop it. And then there's like politics behind that. Sure. There's ramifications. There's ripple effects. So I don't get it, right? So you have to have somebody who's an objective person in the same soup, or yeah. in the same, in a soup. You're not the same soup. Yeah. You're not in my soup, but you're also in soup too. Yeah, exactly. That's my. I said soup a lot of times there. Yeah, that's uh, well. I mean, Campbell's. If you're listening, we're here. Campbell's. Yeah, and we're looking for a sponsor. Never feel bad out there if you're sponsoring. And I just want to say, you know, Nick, I couldn't, uh, I couldn't do this without without your objective support uh, and an ear, really, just to listen. Well, I appreciate so, that, and, yeah. and, and, and likewise. So with that, I think uh, we should wrap it up. We got a lot of questions here, and I, I would I would encourage our listeners to continue because there's a lot of things I think we yeah. need to dissect and unpack. But just and for the sake of time, we would like to hear what you know how you deal with being overwhelmed or how you feel about like whatever that is. So like, feel free to drop us a line. Not that not that we get a lot of them, but we do enjoy when we get them. Yeah. Um, just just drop us a line and say like, hey, this is what I deal with. This is what I do to deal with overwhelmness or overwhelmed yeah. being overwhelmed. Being overwhelmed. Yeah. It doesn't matter if you're an entrepreneur or just or you're trying to be or you're you're thinking of being one. We, we love all our listeners. And we know there's some classes out there, entrepreneurship in uh, Picton and different, uh, different schools College that are colleges. Involved, yeah, that are, uh, that are using, uh, using this as a, as a nice, um, you know, as a, as a nice lesson. So. All right, man. A hustler's work is never done, buddy. <laughs> For a guy that's like nine years older than me, you got your finger on the pulse a lot more when it comes to music. But I think the song, this is by uh, Akon. Oh, I know. This is my Play, uh, star back in the right. college. Never... Never say sorry. Never apologize for taking time for yourself. There That's you also important. On that note, I'm Stu Saunders. I'm Nick Foley. We're the Authentic Entrepreneurs. And until next time, keep being authentic. authentic. You can't do it. See ya. Bye. Fade out. <laughs>